This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. What is good, everybody? Live edition of the Coast to Coast podcast. Shout out to everybody who's in the chat right now. Already over 200 people come to hear this goodness. If we're doing this live, you know it must be a big deal. Folks, the big deal is Dick Vitale is now a recruiting guru. Dick Vitale is now where we can all go for our news and transfer portal data. I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, If you saw Twitter today, you know that I think Dick Vitale may have accidentally broke the news um, unwillingly, but either way, he did tweet sometime around six-ish and of course, you know us here at Inside Carolina retweeted or got the news out on our own with a beautiful article that Shrug got up very soon. Cormac Ryan is committed to the Tar Heels. That's why we're all here. Uh, Cormac Ryan, 6'5", 195 out of Notre Dame via Stanford. So you know the kid's got the academic pedigree. Tar Heel fans are very, very familiar with Ryan. They've seen him uh, multiple times. They actually saw him when he was at Stanford playing against North Carolina. Uh, but just give you a stats real quick, 12 points, uh, four rebounds, 2.5 assists per game this year. Uh, also shot almost 41% from the field, 35% from three. And if you listen to a quote that uh, our guy at 24-7 Sports, Travis Branham, gave, um, Cormac said that he felt like North Carolina was going to be a hungry and talented group. So with that said, we're going to get rolling Sean Moran is here with me. Sean, dude, you did a great preview that dropped this morning on Inside Carolina, breaking down Cormac Ryan's game. And I think a lot of folks may have read that as, as kind of a, a, a tea leaf or a, a hint. Wasn't really intended to be so, but it was a great video breakdown. My eyes see a guy who has a nice shooting stroke, but I want you to give us what is North Carolina getting in Cormac Ryan and, and Tell us a little bit about his game or what jumps out at you when you watch his film. First things first, unmute yourself. Not, not used to these live shows. There you I, go. As I watch a baby monitor. But uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty ideal timing. Uh, we, we did one on Nick Timberlake uh, right around when he visited. Obviously, that ended uh, several weeks later at Kansas. So no, not, you know, I did not know the news ahead of time. But 
um, you know, I think there's there's a lot to like. And I think it goes to what we were talking about on, on the Coast to Coast on Sunday is that you have two studs, uh, RJ and Armando, and now it's all about who can you put around them. Uh, and, I, and I think Cormac fits that. Uh, once again, he's going to be 25 years old when uh, when the season starts, which I know there's been jokes about, hey, this team's all 24 and 25 year olds, but this guy's legit 25 come come the fall. So he's he's been around, as you mentioned, Stanford and Notre Dame. Um, you know, he's made, I think, 87, 87 starts over his career. So for the most part, you know what you're going to get. But I think his his seasons, um, you know, junior season, really strong, sophomore and, and senior year, pretty good. But some of the efficiency dropped. So you're going to get a, a, a versatile shooting guard, but he can play, you know, play on the wing offensively. Uh, outside shooting is his main calling card. He's he's a 35 percent. Uh, three-point shooter really over his his career uh, having made 212 threes over that time but I think as a UNC fan you want a guy that can come in and hopefully be close to 40 percent that might be asking a little too much after this year's team but I think that's what you potentially could be getting um, in Cormac Ryan he's got a nice nice stroke uh, you know comes around screens really well squares his body really quickly uh, and, and I think with good quality shots uh, this year at Notre Dame was probably uh, maybe a, an option or two higher than what he, he normally should be. So I think as that third, fourth option, he's going to get open shots, uh, but had his best game in the tournament against Alabama uh, the prior year where he just looked <laughs> looked like a stud, um, where he was catch and shoot, uh, you know, isolation, pull up, whatever it was. But I think his game is really catch and shoot, sprinting around screens. You know, he, he has a more off-the-dribble game than you would expect. Um, I, I think you might see an occasional bad shot, but not what we were used to this year. And then, you know, he, he loves to come around the screen, use the pick and roll. If he gets some space, use one to two dribbles and take a mid-range jump shot, which I know is not analytically friendly, but I think can be a really good shot for him when he's free of defenders. When defenders do get closer to him, uh, that's where the misses come in, and that's where the percentage goes down a very willing passer in the pick and roll uh, makes quick decisions. And I think a theme that we've been talking about, even going back to logic is he's going to bring leadership, basketball IQ. He knows how to play defensively. He's not leaky black, but he's a better defender than you think. And Notre Dame, you know, it wasn't afraid to put him on point guard, shooting guards, small fours, whoever that, that was. And uh, once again, he, he knows where the opponent's going to go. He's able to call it out, talk on the floor. And I think just, all those intangibles as well as the shooting ability um, will, will really stand out next season. Sean, I want to ask, I think a lot of times, you know, people immediately start kind of wanting to shoot holes in a guy's game, part of the pun. Uh, they see Cormac Ryan, you know, he did struggle to finish sometimes at the rim. Um, I, I think you did a great job of kind of breaking down that he's not just a an off-the-screen catch-and-shoot guy that yeah. he can create for himself a little bit. Uh, if there's one thing that he needs to get better at instantly, which is hard to figure considering he's, he's as seasoned as he is, shout-out to whoever in the chat said that, um, what is that one thing? And and is it something that, that mm-hmm. might be masked by what's already on the roster? Well, I don't think uh, right off the bat, all of a sudden you're going to see him getting 20 dunks on the season or, or driving down the lane and, and dunking on anybody. But I think if, you know, in the video, there's a few times where he's driving, driving right. And he just, 
kind of throws up a prayer as a layup because he doesn't have that ex- explosiveness or that clear path. But when he's, you know, when he's attacking from the wing and driving baseline, he's able to use the basket pretty well. Um, in terms of what's that one, one thing, um, you know, it, he can do stuff off the dribble uh, and he's not the quickest of guys, but he can, he can use that, especially when he's switched onto a big of, of taking advantage of that. So he's definitely more than a stationary player. Uh, but, but I do think it's, the one thing, especially in that mid range, is getting to the spot he needs um, and, and doing it if a defender isn't around. And if there is a defender, you know, look to look to kick out. But he's not a guy that's going to tax the ball. He's not a guy that is going to hold on to the ball for the most part. Um, so I think as long as he's making quick decisions and doing playing to his strengths instead of trying to showcase something to NBA scouts that he's not, um, I, I think he'll fit right in, especially as that third or fourth option offensively um, and a guy that's not going to need the ball in his hands and, and 15, 16 shots. I think after this year, he's going to be a very solid overseas player. And I think he can play at a pretty high level overseas, which is not meant as a knock. I think once again, you want guy, obviously you want NBA guys, but I think you want guys that know how to play and he does fit, you know, from a European standard who they, who they look for and who does well which I think just goes to, hey, he's going to be a solid, solid starter and hopefully a dependable and reliable one. All right, I want to hit you with one more before I bring Sherelle in. <laughs> I think a lot of folks see this and, you know, getting a player like Cormac Ryan is not going to make everybody happy. Like, I think everybody thinks every player that has to come in to UNC has to be a five-star, surefire NBA first-rounder. And ain't a ton of those just sitting around, right? I think you kind of had a, a lot of folks swayed on Cormac Ryan before this uh, this visit and commitment happened. Um, can you rate him, in your opinion, between one and ten of fitting a need for North Carolina? Fitting a fitting that's a good question. Fitting a need, I would say he's a. I mean, he's a eight to nine in terms of a need because UNC needs shooting and they need somebody that that can't double Armando, somebody that is reliable uh, for kickouts. I, I saw one of the questions was talking about his fit with RJ. Um, you know, obviously RJ is a shoot first point guard, not a pass first, but I think once again, as a secondary option, um, I think that that can be a good fit and he's able to get a defensive rebound and push the ball up the court as well. Not, not all the time, but um, in terms of the fit, they need shooting once again, the 35% career. And it's not like we're talking about one season. It, it's, it's a, <laughs> you've got a lot of data to work with. So 35% is, is, is good. It's not, it's not great, but once again, I do think he can be closer to that junior season where he shot close to 42% in ACC play um, versus this season where he shot around 32%. So I think if you're at 38, 39% and he's adding some rebounds, he doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, not that UNC was, was, they were pretty good at not turning the ball over, but I think that was, you know, probably not some, some other reasons involved in that. So I think at eight or nine in terms of fit, they're looking for shooting, they're looking for leadership, uh, and they're looking for guys that have have basketball IQ. So I think you're getting all that. You're not getting a superstar. So I think if you have realistic expectations, um, I think we, we all should be happy with him. And, you know, Nick Timberlake was the guy that came first. And maybe he might be a little more sexy in terms of, of the unknown. Uh, but I think UNC would have had to try to involve him a lot more in place. Uh, obviously it'll help setting screens and looking to get Cormac open for some shots off one or two pin downs, curls, et cetera. But 
I think he'll bring more to the defensive end and, and it'll be a little bit steadier than Timberlake, but will definitely be a good comparison uh, this time next year to see how both of them did. I thought you were going straight for the juggler there when you mentioned Timberlake and we're going to go sexy back, but you went sexy. Either way, I'll take it. Uh, and also, I want to encourage everybody who's in the chat or anybody who's listening or watching this right now, go see Sean's film breakdown of Cormac Ryan's game. Something that that jumped out at me in, in Sean's breakdown is the kid's a sneaky good passer. Uh, and I think that comes with playing at a high level in college as long as he did. So when you think about you know what North Carolina's whole roster looks like once it's complete, uh, that ought to be another skill that that gets folks excited. All right, Sherelle. Sorry, sorry, one more thing. I know I'm taking this all up. You're, but you're stepping on Sherelle's time. That's fine with me. My bad, Sherelle. No. <laughs> um, the one, the one thing. We, so, you know, I think this year at UNC, we saw him got get thrown out of the game, which I know angered a lot of a lot of fans. Uh, but you know, he he does have some fire to him on the court. You know, he's not a just a passive shooter running up and down. Uh, not that he's talking trash all the time, but he's got some kind of a fiery personality. And, you know, once again, off the dribble, he could be more than a catch and shoot. You don't want him dribbling 20 times, but he's definitely got more than meets the eye. And I do think that fiery personality in a good way uh, can be helpful next season. I think that was a big question. Where's the leadership? Where's the fire this past year? Yeah, he's got some salt. That's for sure. I think it's a good point. All right. Sean, uh, I know you've got some things lording over your head. Stay with us as long as you can. But if you disappear from the screen, we will understand uh, that is also, you know, new dad duty. Sherelle, Perfect. Uh, bringing you in now. So feel free to hit that unmute button. Um, come on in and talk a little bit about how this developed. I think this was one of those where folks listen to the Coast to Coast pretty regularly, which if you're listening to this now, why are you not listening to the Coast to Coast regularly? Um, but I, I want to go ahead and see if you might share how did this whole thing materialize? Because this is one of those situations where I think it's a perfect example of North Carolina having advanced conversations a long time before uh, we were at a place at Inside Carolina where we could report it. Yeah, I would say it uh, occurred in the shadows is, is North Carolina's kind of standard operating procedure with these things. So he entered the portal, I believe it was March 24th, so almost a month ago. And um, since then, it's been complete media silence, blackout. There have been no posts, no uh, stories, no school lists, nothing from Ryan or from anyone. And um, we got lucky in that we, you know, we do have a few sources that we trust and we're able to find out that he um, had been talking to UNC. So that's when we kind of ran the story. And then we found out that, hey, a, a visit is in the works. We weren't able to report it when we found out, but you know, we reported it when we could. And I think just knowing how UNC operates and how he operated his recruitment, I think you could see that today's um, commitment, I don't want to call it like individuality, you know, like you knew it was going to happen, but I think you could start to see the pieces coming together based upon how both of uh, the parties treated the portal recruitment, uh, both like the, the low profile, Obviously, Ryan is familiar with UNC, um, and UNC is familiar with him. Uh, and there, as Sean said, there was a pretty big need for what he um, can bring to UNC. So it all kind of fit together. And um, yeah, that's I think that's kind of how we ended up here. You know, we're still tracking some stuff down. I think there was a I'm hearing about now that it's over. There was a like in-home visit I think that maybe occurred about a week ago that was a big deal. But you know, still trying to find. Uh, some of those details, but it, it is a, a big deal for UNC. 
they've they've now got three commitments and despite the fact that they have three commitments I, I want everyone to remember that the portal is open until may or 11th or 12th and that a cache of players will become available on may 31st because that's their deadline to withdraw from the nba draft so just because things are good or just because things are perceived as bad um, this is a very long process that takes time and they've got three um, it's been I guess almost six weeks now and you know I guess they're about halfway there Shrill it's almost like you knew what you were talking about multiple times when you said there are things that are happening that we cannot report upon there are things that are going on behind the scenes that may not come to light for some time. But I think it's important that uh, that folks do that. And again, this isn't me trying to prop Shirelle up, but I'm just trying to, I guess, recenter and give folks perspective that just because we're not talking about it doesn't mean it's not happening. And obviously when things happen that you know we can confirm on multiple fronts, uh, you know, from the sources that Shirelle and Ben and whomever have built up, uh, you know, obviously we'll, we'll bring it to you guys. Um, Sherelle, one of the big things I think that that folks see here is like, what is this going to do as far as a fit with the current roster? You know, I asked Sean to rate it as a fit for UNC's needs. I want to ask you, what does something like that? And I led a little bit earlier with the the quote from Travis Branham, uh, where Cormac told Travis that he felt like UNC was was hungry and talented. So talk a little bit about from your perspective, how you see Cormac Ryan, the guy and his skill set fitting with the guys that we know to be returning for UNC's roster uh, in the coming season? I think everything should be judged. No matter what North Carolina does, who they sign should be judged on um, how do they fit in with Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis? How do they complement them? And in some cases, how do they enhance their abilities? And I think for Ryan, he he does all those things in a couple of ways. One, obviously, we talked about the shooting. Um, That's going to be huge people see 35% and they kind of frown at it. And 35% is not, again, like Sean said, it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad by any stretch. Like North Carolina with a 35% shooter, you know, at the two or the three or the four last year is not only in the NCAA tournament, but probably a, a much higher seed. But that's a, you know, it's a different story for another day. Um, so there's that part of it. The guy, I think, you know, are my, we, we, one thing I always talk about and one thing I always notice and I, I harp on it over and over and over is the finality of your college basketball career and what that really means. And because of COVID, that's been extended for some folks. But Armando Baycott knows now, once and for all, that this is his final season of college basketball. Cormac Ryan knows that once and for all, this is his final season of college basketball. Um, RJ Davis has the option for uh, another year, but this could be his last season of college basketball. Paxson Wojcik knows that no matter what happens, this is his last season of college basketball. And for me, um, even though sometimes last year it didn't really show, I think that kind of experience and that kind of understanding of what moments mean and uh, the the desire with which you have to play and, and uh, how you have to work, I think those things are, are just huge for a team, um, especially a team that is basically going to end up being like a bunch of old guys and a few young guys. There's not going to be, there's no middle class with this roster. There's not like, you know, the the crafty fourth year guy who's, you know, he's a senior, he's going off the bench. There's like, you know, DeMarco Dunn is a junior, but, you know, he hasn't played that much. So he's still kind of a young guy. So um, I think that's big because the older ones, the ones with one year 
left or the ones with two years left, it can help teach some of the younger guys on the roster in hopes that those guys can then teach the incoming class of 2024 and so on and so forth. So um, I know people don't think you can build culture in the portal era, but I think if you were going to do so, this is the kind of the way you would have to do it um, in targeting guys who complement each other well. Uh, I saw someone ask earlier, um, is Cormac Ryan a Caleb Love replacement? And uh, obviously that's funny and a kind of riff. On Shout out to that person because it means yeah. they obviously listen to our show. Thank you. Right, right. Um, and I would say there's not going to be talent-wise a replacement for Caleb Love. And I don't think um, that's necessarily a, a terrible thing for North Carolina. Even before all the, the departures, I think the plan for this season was – that the sum of the parts would have to, you know, come together. And that's how UNC would win, was a true connected team. And I think in the players that they've gotten thus far, you can see them attempting to do that. Um, they are attacking weaknesses, <laughs> attacking the biggest weakness. Again, historically bad shooting from three. Uh, I was talking to Brian Ives earlier, and he said he just, you know, crunched the numbers like he can do so quickly and so easily and better than anyone else. Uh, between Withers, Wojcik, and Ryan, they've added 382 three-pointers um, in the offseason, 382 made three-pointers. So if that's not attacking a weakness, I, I kind of don't know what is. Um, all that to say, I think it's a fit on so many levels, basketball, uh, culture, um, you know, the academics. He's been at Notre Dame and uh, Stanford, so obviously, you know, he's in tune with that part. Um, and then the finality with you know, with Wojcik and potentially with Davis and, and with Baycott. So hungry is a good word because all these guys played on teams that weren't good last year, frankly. Um, the Carolina guys, the, the team didn't make the tournament. Uh, Notre Dame obviously didn't make the tournament. Louisville was one of the worst teams of all time. Um, and then uh, Wojcik didn't make the tournament in the Ivy League either. So uh, they're all hungry. They all have something to prove. And I think that bodes well for how they can play together. Sorry, still getting used to this live thing. Um, yeah, Cheryl, I think the finality that you referenced with regard to, you know, guys that are now also using their COVID year, unless Armando Bacot pulls, like, you know, comes back next year as the midnight rider wearing a mask and, you know, swearing that he's not Dusty Rhodes, this is it. And it's the same thing for these other guys. Like, this is the last shot that they have. And, you know, whereas to last year, everybody kept asking, when's it going to, when's the light going to come on? When are they going to get some sense of urgency? This is the finality of the finality, I guess, right? Uh, Sean, you wanted to add something right after Shrill was 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 answering there. Yeah, I mean, I think a few few good things you talked about finality, and last year, I think we we've talked about how they just didn't have the hunger, um, and I think they thought they could turn it on, and maybe that hunger would have started in the tournament. Didn't happen. Hopefully, with with last year across the board, uh, that hunger will be there. But I think two things: one, in terms of uh, you know. You mentioned the 300, close to 400 made threes. So great from a shooting percentage. I still think, uh, you know, who's going to be the guy to get into the paint, I think is is still left to be determined. Um, obviously, you know, and pick and rolls can can do that a little bit easier with mismatches, but who's that guy with the quickness? So I, I think they're missing, missing that. Um, from a chemistry standpoint, obviously hard to, you know, slot in so many guys and, and develop that chemistry. I mean, we saw... Alabama did it. We saw I was, you know, all these teams that beat Carolina early did that, but it's still complicated. Uh, and I think going into last season, the thing I was 
maybe most excited about was the chance that, hey, you got all these guys coming back. You have the freshmen to integrate. And now you're kind of building something steady. Obviously, that that didn't come to fruition, which makes, I think, you look at Trimble, you look at Washington, you look at Dunn. I don't think anybody thought they were ready to start. So this doesn't put that pressure on them. But hopefully they can continue to take a leap so that next year they are ready to start. Um, and same thing with the freshmen, that they are ready to advance uh, from that freshman to sophomore jump. So I think that's a big storyline as well. I'm really hoping we're not seeing, you know, the iron five or iron six, whatever it is with a guy, bunch of guys that we know for sure aren't, aren't going to be around next year. So the chemistry is going to take time, but how do they work some of those returning players that we know need to take the jump um, and hopefully can do that this year in different, different, different ways. I think one of the things that's been kind of a running theme since the transfer portal era became a thing uh, is how guys fit within a system. Um, and I think fit's really important in a lot of ways. It's also really important when you're talking about clothing, attire, T-shirts, uh, when you're talking about UNC swag. Johnny T-shirt has things that fit you. They fit you literally. They fit you figuratively in that they probably look like the thing you want because they have so many different brands and so many different styles, so many different types of UNC gear, right? want to make sure that you guys give Johnny T-shirt some love because we're not doing this live show tonight without our support from Johnny T-Shirt. They're great folks, uh, locally owned, alumni owned and operated, good people right there on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. You know you get the 10% off if you're a premium subscriber. So please use that. If you are not a premium subscriber, what's wrong with you? Get your life together. Go ahead and get that extra 10% off. They're already great prizes. Uh, I think they're either finishing up their two-day 20% off everything sale uh, so you can add your extra 10 on top of that, or they just finished it. Either way, we love Johnny T-Shirt. Appreciate them sponsoring. Um, so st sticking with fit, Shrill, does does having a guy like Cormac Ryan now bolstering their shooting, does that help? I, I guess, does that help what Hubert Davis wants to do on offense a little better? Because, again, we, we looked last year, and so much of UNC's disjointedness was because they didn't have consistent shooters. Does this... Not just Cormac Ryan, the guy, but having shooters in he and Wojcik and a guy like Jalen Withers. Does this make Hubert's offense look a little more like what I think Hubert and the staff want it to look? I sure hope so for their sake, uh, because these are guys that they have uh, found and, and targeted and thought that they were good fits for what they want to accomplish. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's getting to a point where you can't use the, well, you know, I didn't recruit player X or I didn't recruit player Y. Um, you can't use that anymore because this is a roster built kind of in the image of what you want. Uh, so my answer would be, I, I, I hope so for their sake, uh, because uh, if not, you know, it, it, it could be a rough season uh, because, you know, they're counting on, especially Withers and, and Ryan, they're counting on them to be able to knock down some of the shots that UNC didn't make last year. I think, honestly, you know, I don't want to make it too simple, but I think it, it it comes down to that. Like there were just times when North Carolina, for whatever reason, just could not buy a basket. And um, in college basketball, with the way it's played now, if you can't make open three pointers, it's going to be very very difficult for you to to advance, not just in your conference, but in the NCAA tournament as well. Um, so I, I think that's the hope is that they will improve that outside shooting. That Baycott uh, remains Baycott and, and maybe even gets better. And then R.J. Davis. Uh, kind of does the same thing, that he remains R.J. Davis and maybe improves a little bit. Um, and 
we'll see. Uh, you know, I think the bench is another topic that people talk about a, a lot. Um, and the fact that it really hasn't been used now for a year and a half. I think at the beginning of, of his tenure, he used the bench some. Uh, but obviously, the, since I guess the Iron Five started in, was it February of 22? Um, there hasn't been much bench usage. And the question has always been, well, is it the players who were there the reason that he didn't use the bench? Or is it just that he's not a guy who wants to use the bench that much? I think this is finally a chance for us to get that answer as well. So uh, again, to answer your question, I think the staff has to hope so because this is 100% you know, their roster, their team, um, one that reflects the things that they want to do. So I want to get a couple more questions before we get out of here. Um, and Cheryl, I'll go with you first, but Sean, I want you to answer this too. When you have what North Carolina has in the three pieces that they've added since the season ended, uh, Paxton Wojcik, Jalen Withers, and now Cormac Ryan, how important is it that you have three different guys who are capable of hitting three-point jump shots? So in the event that one of them's off one night, you still have something else to draw from. I feel like that's something that wasn't on the bench last year. Like if Hubert Davis looked to the bench, he either did not have the confidence to pull a guy in like a Tyler Nickel or uh, or Dontre Styles, or those guys just weren't capable of doing it. So uh, if if you wouldn't mind, Sherrill, how important is that? And, and then after you get done, uh, Sean, if you if you'd kind of elaborate a little bit too, that'd be great. Yeah, another part of it too is that the guys who they primarily were were targeting um, off the bench were young players. I mean, it was Tyler Nickel, Seth Trimble, um, Demarco Dunn. I think those were kind of the, the first, and Puff Johnson. Puff Johnson, uh, despite the fact that he was uh, a junior, you know, hasn't played much. So you're 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 relying on four players who either had never played college basketball before or who hadn't played much at all during their careers. Um, so switch that over, and let's just say that Carolina finds someone else um, in the portal, and that <clears throat> Paxson Wojcik, for example, Jalen Withers are are two of your you know top four bench guys. So now you're talking about guys who have started in the respective leagues, Withers who started so many games in the ACC coming off the bench and providing that spark versus players who had never done it before. Um, so I, I think that's that's part of it. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what they had to look for moving forward is that the bench will be different because it'll be more experienced than guys who have played a ton versus guys who hadn't. Sean, I'll, I'll let you hit this before you get out. Um, that too like I just asked Sherelle, but also if you want to elaborate a little bit on on maybe the use Sherelle's favorite adage, you know, iron sharpening iron in practice, where you've got some veteran guys who have experience and are also capable shooters uh, now playing maybe some on your second team in practice or working with with some of the young guys who have not seen the minutes. Yeah, I think I think practice can can go a long way, especially early on when people are trying to figure each other out. Uh, once again, you got I think when Pete Nance came in, there's a lot of quotes about, hey, he didn't want to rock the boat. This team came came half from winning a champ, you know, or a minute from winning a championship game. And he was just trying to fit in, but you know, there, you got to rock the boat now. So I think uh, the, the practice time will definitely help, especially the guys we just mentioned, the, the fresh, uh, the sophomores and juniors that are, that will most likely be coming off the bench. Um, you know, so I, I think that is really important. And I think once again, well, one thing we're mostly been talking about offense. I think uh, we haven't talked a lot about defense. I think that is still a, a concern, especially RJ at, at point. Um, you know, Cormac, I think, can be a, a strong defender, but we're not talking all world defenders here. But I think offensively, it's been since 2019 since 
anybody who likes watching UNC has seen a top 10 uh, offense. Uh, you know, we saw once Brady started clicking, we saw one. Uh, I think they finished just within the top 20 at the end of the year on Kempom. But I think, you know, this this should be a top 20 offense um, if things are, are clicking, just given what they're bringing in. And I think, you know, I always believe a good offense beats a good defense. Um, and I think if you're having if you're having shooters, Armando down low, a little bit of improvement here and there, it, it all it will work out. But yeah, I, I do think you know bringing those three guys in, bringing the shooting, it, it, it's a big need. Um, hopefully, they can bring in one more at, at least. Um, but once again, I, I don't think you want playing time is will, will be a question mark. And I, I think. UNC is always at its best when it's seven or eight solid guys and you can bring a ninth or 10th guy off when you need to. But, you know, when you got 10, 12 guys trying to play, it, it's not a recipe for success. Um, so I think right now with what they've done in the portal, it's definitely fit a need. Uh, sure, there, there's definitely some areas that they're they're lacking, but I think they've done a solid job. And, and you know, once again, I think Cormac Ryan, nobody's going to, go out and, and start celebrating too heavy, but I think he will definitely be a solid addition. And, and I think that's, that's what you want um, out of the guys they're, they're looking at that can complement the people that are returning. Yes, sir. And, All right. Go one, and one add, yeah, it's, it's kind of been touched on, but I wanted to reiterate, I think last year there were times when uh, people wanted to get in other people's faces and they just didn't for whatever reason, or thought better about it. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Cormac Ryan, just based no. upon, watching him from afar from Notre Dame. I don't think it'd be a problem for Paxton Wojcik, honestly. <laughs> I was from, gonna, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, he, that, that might be his best attribute is, like, I mean, you, you know, you, you know, his dad, his dad is a Navy guy, not afraid to get in your face. And I think he has that same thing, even if he's playing a few minutes or not even getting off the bench. I think, you know, if, if you got somebody getting in your face and getting on start, isn't afraid to get on starters, that goes a long, long way. And with that, I'm going to have to go. Um, so I'll leave you two gentlemen, but, uh, enjoyed seeing the, the comments. Uh, some gave me a good laugh, um, and I'm glad I got a good 35, 30 plus minutes in this. Um, but thanks for having me, having me on. All right, brother, go handle the the diaper duties. Sherelle, last question, and this is a great way to wrap the show. You have done a phenomenal job um, as we've closed regular Coast to Coast podcasts, helping folks understand the long, wide angle lens, uh, and I know you hate that analogy too, of the recruiting season. Um, if you could share where Cormac Ryan fits within the context of not only the overall roster rebuild, but kind of timeline things as the roster is now starting to take shape. I think we've done a great job of helping folks manage their expectations. Uh, but now, you know, there's another player that uh, is finishing, finishing up a visit now um, that North Carolina is, is trying to, to bring into the fold. Cormac Ryan just pops so that makes the third uh, just again, if you wouldn't mind, reset, give folks expectations and context about where Cormac Ryan fits within the overall process. Yeah, I think the goal coming into all of this was, one, they needed to be a better team. Um, and irrespective of whether or not the individuals were as talented, they needed to be a better team. And I think thus far, um, they, they've hit on that because they've found guys who, again, um, uh, take the weaknesses from last season and, and start to make them strengths. Now, when you do that, you can create other weaknesses as well. But I, I think they're they're trying to address that. Um, obviously, the portal season started on May 12th, or excuse me, March 12th, the day after Selection Sunday. 
um, you know, they they skipped out on the NIT because they said they wanted to get towards uh, getting back to UNC and, and the roster rebuild and all that stuff. Uh, they lost players for, I think, the first two and a half weeks of the portal. Uh, Paxton Wojcik committed on March 27th, uh, the earliest portal commitment thus far UNC's gotten since the portal became a thing. Uh, and then Withers committed, it feels like an eternity ago, but it was 10 days ago uh, that Jalen Withers committed to UNC. Um, so they've addressed the shooting component. I think Withers had some athleticism. I think Ryan has some athleticism. Um, and then they wanted to increase their overall basketball IQ um, and passing ability uh, in, in shooting. So I think if you start to judge, you know, I, I would hesitate on judging until, you know, a couple months when the portal is closed and you know what the final roster is going to look like. But if you want to start maybe doing a progress report, then, you know, judge them for these three guys. Say we're halfway there. Judge them on, on these three guys based upon did they improve the team's athleticism? Did they improve the team's basketball IQ? Um, do they improve the team's ability to shoot? And do they uh, accentuate or, or complement or enhance Armando Bacot and RJ Davis? Um, and based upon those answers, I think you can start to decide how you think the staff is doing so far. But again, I would urge, do not judge this this, uh, this moment or, or the team right now, because this is not the final incarnation of the team. There will be more moves to come. Uh, and then in, in a couple months, you can start to say, okay, this is the locked in 2023-24 uh, UNC team. You know, what do I think about them? So I, I would urge everybody to just continue to stay patient and we'll, we'll see where things go. You have the patience of Job, my man. Uh, but I hope folks can take that to heart. Uh, and again, a lot of people are asking uh, in the chat and shout out to everybody who's been a part of the show tonight about Harrison Ingram. Obviously, Sherelle and the rest of the IC staff will be following that incredibly closely. As we have information to share, we will share it. Um, but again, we can't really jump out on anything until we've been able to to get news and confirm news. So just be well, patient. We, we can say the visit has concluded. Okay. We well, there you go. We're breaking news tonight. Um, but Sherelle can let everyone know the visit has concluded. So He's on his way back home. All right. So so be patient as things develop. As with any other news, you know, Inside Carolina is your place to find it. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of this live Coast to Coast podcast. Forgive us for our hiccups. Uh, we'll get better about it as we do these things. But uh, thank you for spending some of your evening with us. Thank you to Tommy Ashley for getting this up and running. I know I, I bust his chops a lot for technology, but my man's got the got this whole live thing down. And we appreciate it. Shout out to Sean Moran for for jumping in in between uh, changing some diapers, and uh, always appreciate Sean McMillan for being the genius and the sage that he is. Um, even though he uh, he hates the analogies that I use at times. All right, y'all, we're going to sign off for tonight. Um, if anything happens new, we'll pop back in with it. Uh, but we appreciate you. Till next time, we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.